So, um, we had the Revelation song. I often come up here saying, do you know, I, I had a word and somebody spoken to Sue or to Frank or whoever it is or Graham and they, those, were, those songs just go really well. I had no words this week whatsoever. I spoke to Frank yesterday and he said he was doing this song and it really ties in with what we were talking about earlier today which is that idea of judgment with, with the parable of the weeds. So I'm going to start at um, chapter 20, verse 7, which is on page 1248, if you want to follow it. And we'll keep going until we stop. Um, <laughs> now, I got into Agatha Christie recently. Well, I say I got into, I've read one book. But I have six others to get through. Now, Agatha Christie was famous for a particular kind of model of writing her crime stories, and if you're a, a, a fan of a Death in Paradise, you'll know they use the same model, which is, you know, it all gets revealed at the end. So just imagine you've got a mystery novel like from Nagatha Christie, and you go and you rip out the last four or five pages. You've read the rest of it, you've had all the clues, but you rip out the last four or five pages. What happens? You don't get to know what happened. It's incomplete. You don't have the full story. Now, the gospel is incomplete without the end times and the new creation to come. And this is what the, the end of Revelation really picks up on in John's vision. Um, so if Revelation is one of these books that you've always avoided on the, on the grounds it's just a bit weird, read it. It's the end of the story. Okay. So we're going to pick it up uh, uh, 20 verse 7 and it's uh, rather encouragingly headed up Satan's doom sounds good when the thousand years are over Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth Gog and Magog to gather them for battle in number they are like the sand on the seashore they marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people the city he loves but fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hooray! God wins. We know the end of the story. And the deceiver is thrown into the lake of sulfur. Then... Verse 11, then I saw a great white throne, and of course we hear about the throne in chapter 4, and the, the, the picture of the, the lamb as if slain, standing on the throne. Then I saw the white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That's who God is who has the power not only to create and to recreate, but also 
has the will to decide who goes where. So we're called to that faithfulness and that belief and that trusting in the Holy Spirit that that goes well. And we can be assured that it will go well. But there will be a time when those who are alive at that time, we don't know when it's going to happen, those who are alive at the time, and all those that have died will be raised. They'll be lifted up out of their graves. And all will stand before that mercy seat we've just been singing about. And that can be either a terrifying thought or it can be an assurance that there is more to come after that. And this is the bit that we tend to read. (laughs) Because what comes next is, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Now the sea is a picture of the separation between God and his people. This is the next step of the tearing of the curtain when Jesus died that the sea is taken away. We sing about the crystal sea, don't we? Well, the sea stands between us and God. Well, in the new creation, there is no sea. So we are in the presence of God himself and will be there forever. Hooray! There is no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne again saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true, like Jesus saying, truly I tell you. This is a cast iron promise that this is what God is going to do. It's what he always intended to do. is to get rid of all the stuff in this world that we wish wasn't there and is going to take us to a perfect place. And that isn't just for us or generations to come, it's all the generations before talks about a throng, you know, 144,000. That means a lot of people. It doesn't mean literally 144,000. It's amazing. Hooray! He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So some will be in, and some will be out. But for those who are in, it is glory. And then it goes on to, to kind of describe what this city looks like. So we're going to jump forward to verse 22 on the next page. I did not see a temple in the city. That is incredibly important to a Jewish audience because, of course, the temple had been the place where God lives. 
and they were taken away from the temple and the temple was destroyed and that's the temple is so central to that kind of um, Jewish identity and so we're told I did not see a temple in the city because we don't need one because the whole of creation is the temple of God with his people the separation has gone God is able to do this um, because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the God gives it light, and the Lamb its lime, lamp. In the beginning God made light. God now is light. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will the gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter into it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As I said at 10.30, well, it probably was at 10.30, there will be no confession in heaven. Because everyone and everything will be pure. Hallelujah. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So that creation narrative where we have trees in the garden, the trees return and we have this flowing river, the same river that we see coming in Ezekiel 47, in which we are to be as deep as we possibly can go. And the Spirit of God and the Son of God and the Father God are all one and we are with him and it is glory Amen so if we came in here with a small God maybe he's just a little bit bigger because this is what he's going to do it's already planned and he's going to do it with us and through Jesus on the cross for us. Amen. Amen. If you have a time of waiting and a time of listening, I've moved the cross over here. If anybody feels the need to go and sit at the foot of the cross, then please do. This is a space in which we can just revel in those words, revel in those promises. And maybe all of us can enlarge the tent of our image of the God that loves us because we'll never actually capture who he is. He is beyond our understanding. But if today the Spirit can just give us a a bigger glimpse of a bigger God, then hallelujah. Let's just take a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, come and reveal your face to us today.
that we can take whatever caricature we have of you because we inevitably do and that we will just see a new fullness of your glory. Holy Father, come and hug us as a sign of your love, that we can feel your love pouring into our hearts, that we know that we are your children. Come, Holy Spirit, convict our hearts both of those things that separate us from God that we might repent, but also of our ultimate value to the Father. Holy Spirit, come and cast off any words which tell us otherwise, that have told us otherwise, that have been spoken over us. Convict us that we are sons and daughters of the King. And that we are ambassadors of the kingdom, trusted and entrusted with that treasure. Holy Spirit. I wonder if I could invite the band up again. Whether you're full and still, whether you're bubbling over or whether you're empty. There's always space for more of the Holy Spirit of God. So keep in that prayer space, and I'll be at the back if anybody wants to share anything with everyone else or would like to be prayed for, then let me know.